Life is full of personal wins. Whether it's cleaning your house, getting that dream car, or checking off your to-do list, winning at life is a great feeling. And with the State Farm Personal Price Plan, you can keep winning when you create an affordable price just for you by bundling home and auto. So give yourself a round of applause. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash Wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome to the Nerdist Podcast number 351. Currently in Denver at Comedy Works. Uh... Denver's nice. Well, except for the fact that it, there was a snowstorm on May 1st, uh, but then the next day it was gorgeous. Uh, lovely bipolar weather in Denver. But Comedy Works is fun, and next week I'll be at uh, Helium in Portland. Uh, the date of that will be, um, I guess, May 9th, 10th, and 11th. 2013 Helium Portland and then after that London at the Leicester Square Theatre on the 15th and then after that uh, I will be in DC and uh, Baltimore on the 24th and 25th so uh, nurse.com slash calendar oh I think I'm actually coming back to Philly in June too and then wise guys in Utah and then some dates in the fall so nurse.com slash calendar uh, please uh, go to the site check out the dates get tickets come to shows and uh, enjoy some comedy and and some hugs and some handshakes and uh, whatever you want that is legal and doesn't require an overwhelming amount of nudity. Um, hey, you probably heard a couple days ago, uh, Marin was on the podcast and he, uh, among other things, is talking about his show, Marin, which is premiering on IFC on Friday, which is the day this podcast comes out, May 3rd, 10 p.m., uh, 9 Central. The show's fantastic. I've seen the first three episodes. Uh, you should totally watch it, and you should totally support uh, amazing, great comics and amazing podcasters branching off and crossing over the show. It's like it's a semi-fictionalized account of Mark's life, but it is the WTF podcast, and he does have guests on. Um, Judd Hirsch plays his dad, which is awesome. Adam Scott's going to be on, and Gina Gershon, and then uh, Dave Foley's actually in the tonight's episode the premiere episode where we talked a bunch about trolls when mark was on the podcast because we're sensitive comics and that's what we deal with and um, there's a great sort of a, a great troll story from mark's life that he sort of uh, adapted for the show so that is the first episode uh, may 3rd 10 p.m 9 central on ifc and uh, mark created the show uh, produced the show and stars in the show so support it support good comedy uh now this is the long-awaited Rooster Teeth podcast. When we went, we explained this in the in the actual podcast, but just in a quick nutshell, so you can hear it shorter and then longer. Uh, I had Rooster Teeth on the podcast. We went down to South by Southwest. 
we did not record it. It was recorded for us, and there was a crazy audio issue, and it was completely unusable, and I was heartbroken. But fortunately, I went back to Austin for the Moon Tower Comedy Festival and, and was like, guys, please, I'm sorry. You understand the technical stuff that happens sometimes. Uh, you've been making films for uh, the better part of uh, 13 years, and they, were, they said, no problem. So I actually went to the Rooster Teeth compound and recorded it there, and it's Joel and Bernie and Gus, and uh, and I and I love those guys. They did our bowling show. We bowled Team Nervous versus Team Rooster Teeth, but uh, really innovative guys, and have been so far ahead of where media is now. Like they were a decade uh, ahead of it. So I'm really glad that they're doing uh, as well as they're doing now, and they're doing a ton of amazing stuff. You should check out Rooster Teeth on YouTube. Check out RoosterTeeth.com. <laughs> okay. <laughs> It's not fair. I'm talking about this episode of the podcast, and you're showing me pictures of a woman who has shoved what can only be described as a bouquet of Sharpies. (laughs) Sorry, my laugh is so obnoxious, but I can't. (laughs) Into her butt. Should we go into the next girl with Sharpies up her butthole? No. Oh, that's a thing? It's a website. (laughs) Roll <laughs> 34. Nice tumbler. Nerds Podcast number 351 with Rooster Teeth. Now entering Nerdist.com. We're here in the Rooster Teeth compound. <laughs> you sound so serious. I'm very serious because seriously, some things happened, which is, and and literally every day tweets. When's the Rooster Teeth podcast gonna go up? <laughs> and I can't respond right. to all of them because I can't. And 104 characters explain that during South by Southwest, we did a live podcast. Uh, SoundCloud came to us and said, hey, do you guys want to do a live podcast? And we said, sure. So we all did this live podcast uh, at this little boathouse kind of a venue. Good description. During South. That's really the be- all it was, wasn't it? It was yeah. like, a, it was like a, a snazzy hipster boathouse. And um, got, the, got the audio file. And my, my assistant, Monica, said, um, before you listen to this, it, do, like, it doesn't, I'm just preparing you, it doesn't sound great. I'm like, what are you Because I thought the show was really fun. We had a blast. We did a lot of bits. All right, now don't, uh, over, don't oversell it. It's gone forever. Yeah, now that no one could listen to it, it was the funniest thing <laughs> was that anyone I was, could have ever I was funny for once. It was like, you were, you like were 10 funny. Minutes. We met this weird drunk Australian girl who was, we got a whole storyline from her. Right. We launched her career. I, did, I would have if the podcast had gone up, but well. what, what I heard, what happened was when I listened to the audio file, I was like, well, maybe we can save it, save the audio. And it sounded like we were in another room, and then Gus, you s- figured out yeah, that... Yeah, well, apparently the audio input on the software was set incorrectly, so instead of getting audio off the mixer, we were getting audio off of the onboard microphone <laughs> on the of the laptop. laptop. <laughs> Which, so. they, uh, it, was, it was a completely independent audio guy that just, you know, it was during South By, so he was... I mean, there was a reason that he was available, but, uh, <laughs> but anyway, so that podcast was completely ruined, and there were so many... Wonderful things. <laughs> Do you remember the show we came up with, Daft Punk? 
where we were just going to dress up. We were just going to tweet that Daft Punk was appearing somewhere and then show up in helmets yeah. and just play their music because no one would know the difference. We almost had to set that up, though, because there was a huge rumor during South by Southwest, which is an interactive festival, a film festival, and a music festival. There was a big rumor that Daft Punk was just going to show up. And every year there's always these rumors. Right. So, at the Capitol building. At the Capitol, and they were going to play a concert on the steps of the Capitol building. And then as time went on and we got closer to it, everyone was realizing, oh, this is just a rumor and it's not going to happen. And I said, how hard would it be to get Daft Punk helmets and just show up with an MP3 player and put on a Daft Punk show? Yeah. Yes. Just walk down Congress. And I said, that's a show, and we call it Daft Punk. <laughs> you and, took it to the next level. And, and we should – because because your, your theory was that with our combined Twitter followings, if you and I just said – Hey, we heard. I heard Daft Punk. Hey, I heard that too, Bernie. And then all of a sudden, someone with the runaway train of momentum that is the internet, with where people don't do any research, uh, <laughs> that that would be a thing, and that no one would know the difference because they don't play instruments and they just show up in bike and, and biker helmets. And why couldn't we be them? Why yeah. not? And everyone would have a great time. Why can't there be yeah. regional Daft Punks like Gallagher? Yeah. We just <laughs> be fucking... like, it'd be like the Blue Man Group. Yes. I mean, who knows, right? And honestly, who loses in that scenario except for Daft Punk's reputation? That's, That's it. it. <laughs> like, well, boy, Daft Punk put some weight on. <laughs> what happened? They're really, they're really letting themselves go lately. <laughs> the original Daft Punk are living like kings in Patagonia. It's the name <clears throat> that inspires fear. I would mainly, I would mainly want to do it just to see how Daft. Punk would react to it like they say everyone seemed to like this they, a lot. They, or would they acknowledge it or would it be like oh shit we got, we got another group that figured it out like there's a club to, what if we to... find out Daft Punk's been dead for years <laughs> <laughs> like the Dread Pirate Robinson that's what I'm saying yes that's a, there's, a, or there's a weekend at Bernie's component where they like they come to life when the music's playing but then otherwise they're corpses I think it would be fun to mix it up and if we did start showing up places as Daft Punk we could do weird things like team juggling during that, no, just stuff that people wouldn't normally expect <laughs> from Daft Punk. We're branching out. Yes. <laughs> Some <laughs> new performance art. I see a lot of places where Daft Punk has really dropped the ball that they could really grow. Yeah. You could sell sponsorships on the LED masks. We can help them go to the next Miller's level. Bail Bonds. <laughs> like boxers. It could be like NASCAR uniforms. There's a spider attacking your face right now. Oh, you got him. Oh. That's weird. It's okay. You're, you're, it's just it was, a tech it spider. Was, you're, you're now Spider-Man. Uh, oh, my God, you guys. It's probably a This is really point. weird. Now I have a six-pack, <laughs> and I'm super ripped like spiders are. Well, we do keep uranium in the other room, so this would, this would explain a lot. Where, where the hell did that come from? I don't, I don't know. know. I was like, I was like, it was like is, that a spi- is that a spider? That's weird. It's a good thing I'm not horribly arachnophobic because... This podcast would have gone from fun and upbeat to <laughs> oh Chris having a horrible oh phobic God. meltdown. Jesus fucking Christ! <laughs> we, had, we had to find something to replace the audio mishap that took place in the first one, so, <laughs> so just to keep our track on record. It's a comedy spider that it's we throw spider. in to different places. That's what Daft Punk needs. We could throw spiders into their helmets, and then they would have to like whip them off. Yeah, exactly. Does anyone have any idea who they are, or is it like a bank? I think they've had like like how, how, pictures of Kiss back in the day where they had a photo of them. I think how, I've seen. How things could there like. not? How could the internet not have some sort of picture of who Daft Punk was? There must is be. Possible? There must. There must be. It's, it's like the Stig from. You've got the internet. internet. Let me find out. You can find out. out. Turn off Google Safe Search. Here we go. Daft Punk. Maybe they're Banksy. Unmasked. There was there was a like an April or like a prank. A couple of weeks ago, maybe a month ago, that ba- people said Banksy got arrested. Uh, Pranksy? Yeah, Pranksy. And then it's like, oh, no, it was not stop Banksy. Uh, that's, I, I, I keep hearing that it's a collective. 
Gentlemen, there is Daft Punk. Oh, no, that wasn't that hard. Chris, for your podcast, like when you talk about things, do you put up like a set of links or anything like that? Well, that would be a good thing to do, <laughs> um, but we uh, as yet have not have not done that. So I would just put it in the hands of the gentle podcast listener to just Google Daft Punk unmasked. Yeah, there you uh, go. And there they are. But I feel like we could approximate those guys. They're white guys. Like, well, yeah, they're, yeah, white guys look fine. like white guys. We, we need a tight leather jacket and a women's small polo shirt, and we're good. I'm sure we can find those in Austin somewhere. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure <laughs> there are stores that just sell so those two items. We're gonna do Daft Punk, but we're gonna we're gonna do Daft Punk, but we're gonna do it unplugged. So instead of playing music, we'll just show up and put microphones up to the helmets and just go. Sure, like there's that. Oh, they really are. Wait a minute, there's no music coming in. The weirder, the weirder you are with it, the more they'll accept it. But you have to commit to the weirdness, and then people think it's genius. Chris, I like the live performance album for Daft Punk. I like the the up close, like the giving microphone to the audience, like, you guys. <laughs> it's, the, uh, it's, the, it's the acoustic version. It is, yeah. It's unplugged. Yeah, it's unplugged. Unplugged. yeah we totally bring that back. Everybody's just singing along. This is off our first record. Most people don't know it. <laughs> Would every song just end up sounding the same when performed uh, unplugged? It's like, this is, no, this is the wah wah song, not the wah wah song. It's literally the only way to do it. We uh, can just add a drum beat to our original podcast and release that as one of the songs. It's probably. <laughs> Well, All right, now we should point out Daft Punk does have a new album out, right? They just dropped out, dropped something new, right? Yeah, I think that's uh, what the people got confused about the rumor. I think in March that they just released a, an album. That's what it was. Yeah, mm-hmm. but everyone somehow misinterpreted that to be to mean that they're gonna have a show at the Capitol, which is like totally unplausible. Do you really think? The state of Texas government would allow Daft Punk to do a show at the fucking Capitol? No, ah. with, with, like, people on ecstasy hanging off the fucking statues, <laughs> yeah. like the war statues. And with no, like, pre-public permits or anything like yeah. that. No, no, no record or anything. They're just going to show up and do it. What I, is, is, is Austin, in, in, the, in the style of Keep It Weird, which I feel like there's a weird Keep It Weird back and forth to, with Portland. <laughs> Yeah, you know, they, there, do you know like they have the exact same yeah. shirts in Portland? Yeah. Like, yeah. they have do that they? same slogan. Yeah, keep Portland keep weird. Portland weird. So now is there, like, some sort of argument as to who came up with the weird... No, there's no argument. For... Austin came up with it Austin first. Yeah, with it first. But Portland has it also. Uh, hey, you I, keep it weird. <laughs> that, that slogan is so old in, in Austin that I remember the variations of it, like, in the 90s when the internet was getting big, and it was, keep Austin wired. Ooh, that was... Yeah. Oh! <laughs> subversive. Oh. <laughs> wow. Maybe it was just, like, a dyslexic typesetter. My favorite like, genius. My favorite is the uh, East Austin, where all the hipsters are. They have a slogan now, which is "Keep o- Keep East Austin shitty." <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, hey! I, li- I live in East Austin, <laughs> and they're doing a good. You it's guys are doing a good part, job of it. It's partly shitty. You can't, partly you can't you can't improve your house too much. It's what like, I know, what I notice from spending a lot of times in domestic airports is that there are regional T-shirts that will have you believe that that is a thing in that city. So, like, okay, so in PDX and ATX, you have keep that city weird but then you get into ohio and uh, and like the midwest and you see uh you'll see a green t-shirt and it says nothing tips like a cow and then there's a and then there's an outline of the state of whichever state you're in so that's a weird recurring one too weird that is weird. Is there like one company that like manufactures they t-shirts? Assign, so they they assign, assign a regional vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Do, yeah. Do you think they get like the wrong state shirt? 
You know, like Ohio's <laughs> get sent to Indiana, and they're like, "Fuck, oh, oh man. I'll sell it anyway." Now, no one's gonna know the difference between our states. Mike, can I can I also back up a little bit and say that just writing the words "keep Austin weird" is not that weird. Like, no. you need to have a picture of like a birthday clown cutting himself. No, I agree. I, I would or, say like an imprint of goatsy or yes, something yes. on it. It's no, like, no, no, like no, no, that, 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 that would be that would be weird. Yeah. Or it's yeah. a shirt, but it's actually like <laughs> it's it's actually shorts. But you wear it like a shirt. There's slits in there where the pockets are. That would be weird. That would be weird. That would be very weird to wear short shirts. We should 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 make merchandise. I should. You should. There's a. You know, there's another town nearby, uh, Bryan College Station, is where Texas A&M is, which is like the big rival school for University of Texas. And in over there, their shirts say "Keep College Station Normal." Oh, the, oh! They ah. take the other. Yeah, they went the other they, way. They went, they went the other direction. With they that. take they take it one step the other way. Austin yeah. is very, very, very different from the rest of Texas. I mean, it's like we. I just took a road trip all the way from San Francisco to Austin. My girlfriend moved to Austin, and so we went from San Francisco to Flagstaff. Oh yeah, to Lubbock to Austin. So the trip between Lubbock and Austin, we stopped at like some small place called Coleman, Texas, mm-hmm. and we went to this really cool like. Town Square drugstore. That's a drugstore slash soda jerk. You know, they have like a grill in the back. It was awesome with like, you know, the bar and stools and all that. As soon as we walked Separate in, Separate entrance for African-Americans. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Separate but equal. But uh, uh, they asked us as soon as we walked in, they go, so are you guys going from Lubbock to Austin or Austin to Lubbock? Yeah, that's whole. Yeah. That's they knew really, as soon as we walked in. Maybe that's yeah. all they get. They know what Constantly. their they know what their place is in the in the geography of it. Yeah. Like well, they, they, they knew we were from Austin yeah, they, in some they're, they're capacity. Like, Austin, yeah. huh? So you want like a Bob Marley shake? <laughs> Wink. <laughs> Keep it weed. That should be the title. Really. Yeah, and a fucking with like like the the Rastafarian colors. Keep it weed. See, I'm a I'm an evil bad person, probably, <laughs> uh-huh. and so Austin is doing this thing. I don't know if like a lot. I'm sure a lot of other cities are doing it now, where it's like get rid of the bags. Like you can't get bags now. Oh, the bag ban. Yeah, that, yeah. Which is that's weird to me, and a, a huge pain in the ass. And uh, this is where I'd like to just be, not be weird. I'd like to just be normal. Just keep. I'd like that, to go that, to the grocery place. store, buy groceries, just get bags. Handpick your weirdness. It I doesn't just, have to yeah. be weirdness across yeah. the board. I, I went to. I was in Vegas for a show a couple of weeks ago. And I went to the CVS to the drugstore to buy a, uh, a a razor so I could shave while I was there. And, you know, they still have plastic bags there. So just because I couldn't get them in Austin, I got two plastic bags for my for my shaver. Just like, yeah. Plastic now, do, bags. They, do, they, do they confiscate those? Like, it's like, because if you At enter California, if you bring produce in, like if you have oranges, oh, right, right, right. they take them away oh, uh, yeah, when you're going in because, uh, you know, they don't want to disrupt the ecosystem and bring in f- fruit flies or whatever. So maybe they would do the same thing at the Austin. You're like, I swear, officer, I don't know where it came from. It's not mine. Son, you carry any plastic bags in the trunk? Here's a, here's a, that illustrates the difference between Austin and the rest of Texas. That Texas, the city, came up with the ban to ban those plastic bags. So everywhere you go in Austin now, you can't get those plastic bags. But the state legislature, which is in Austin, the state legislature for Texas, is now trying to pass a ban on the ban. Oh, to, yeah. To repeal the ban. Oh, how about a little double negative? <laughs> yeah, a oh, band it's, ban. It's a plastic bag ban ban. Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 the chair recognizes the fact that two negatives equal a positive. <laughs> no. a simple mathematics. No, what was I, that? I think no, that's, 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 too, that's too complex for Texas. Is simple it? mathematics, you lost them. What's what? Then there's a Minecraft DC, Washington, D.C. So thing. this is a weird thing. You guys know who Steve Dengler is? No, uh, he no. is he's the guy who founded he's he's a guy from the dot com era. He founded XE.com. Okay. Which I'm, is that I, financial exchange site. I use it every day. <laughs> That's what his it's a funny thing, is that it's XE.com. It's where you go to like get current 
Tr uh, currency transactions or what is it's it? It's like you know how much conversions, yeah. currency yeah. conversions. How much is a pound worth right now? Exactly. How much is a euro worth I at this moment? Dollar, yeah. Right. Okay, but now. Yeah, yeah, now. <laughs> refresh, now. Refresh, 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 refresh. It even gives you. I think when you pull it up, doesn't it give you a countdown? No, like this yeah. is good for thirty seconds. Yeah, it, and then it auto refreshes if you don't uh, navigate away. Got it. It knows what you're there for. It knows you're there for currency porn. But uh, <laughs> it, it's like it, yeah, let's see that inflation, baby. And when I when I met him, I said I said, oh, I use your site all the time, and he hands me his business card, and it literally says. On his business card, hey, I use your site all the time. <laughs> Apparently, people tell him this all the time. And uh, but what he does is because he's <clears throat> he, he's run that site for such a long time and hasn't sold it or anything. What he does is he supports a lot of uh, really cool stuff like that you and I would love, Chris. Like uh, he's working on the the Torment Kickstarter right now. I think they okay. have the four million bucks. Jesus, nice. yeah. And he like supports like a lot of uh, he did um. Um, the uh, Save the Supers. Mm -hmm. uh, he he supported that as a web series. Like he he invested in a lot of web series because he likes internet stuff. Well, he tweeted this photo just recently of it's a Washington D.C. shirt. It says Washington D.C. Imagine a world, and it's just Minecraft. Like the city of D.C. is using these Minecraft images. Yeah, it's got like the Capitol and a couple of D.C. landmarks. And, and I do, do want like Steve and the Wolf. I do want to point out that there's nothing particularly Minecrafty about <laughs> the buildings. They're just the regular buildings in the Lincoln Monument. Yeah, well, I'm sure they're made out of stone blocks. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, it just made, it, I thought you guys were talking about that. I thought, yeah. here's an example of just, like, they use Minecraft. Is that even licensed? I mean... <laughs> I'm sure it's not. That is kind of a lazy mashup where they just put a little Minecraft character in front of a thing that they actually yeah. want to promote. I think that's, like, the promotional art they use for the 360 version of Minecraft. Like, when you go to buy it on uh, it, Xbox it, it Live. It literally looks like the cover of the game, yeah. just with the background right. cut out. They took the then... background out and put, like, the Lincoln Memorial. Wow. I don't know what message... What are they trying to say? It even I, says, I'm not sure what this is supposed to mean. That's what his tweet says. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's it's just funny how people will just take something that's well known, put it on a T-shirt, and then regionally assign it to some kind yeah, of it's value. A, some sort it's, of a, it's a mashup. <laughs> you wouldn't get it. <laughs> I often think of Washington D.C. every time I go to play Minecraft. Absolutely, I'm building a better future <laughs> through Pixel. <laughs> you do not want to be in D.C. after dark. I know that. <laughs> So I'm sure that uh, maybe there's a connection of some sort. This is you, very uh, I don't, this is very troubling to me. I don't know why. You travel a ton. Oh my god, so much. I, mean, I just, haven't been home for almost a month. Well, you. I mean, to put this in perspective, you were in Austin last month. You were here in March, yeah. and you're back again. Like it, like us, kind of you know nerfing this podcast that we had wasn't a big deal because you're like, oh, I'm going to be back in like two or three I'm weeks. Back in, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Which was great. It's, it, it just, it worked out well because the Moon Tower Comedy Festival is going on right now. But yeah, I mean, even just in the last two weeks, I was I was in New York a couple times and then performed in performed there and then Madison, Wisconsin and then two different colleges in Pennsylvania and then here. And I'm going to Denver, Portland, London, Scotland, D.C. and Baltimore. So wow. Oh, where are you like going a, to Scotland? Wow. Um, <clears throat> we're just going on a vac on vacation. Uh, but I, I'm doing two shows in London because, of course, while I was there, like, well, I'm there. I mean, when am I going to be back in London anytime soon? I should, you know. I'm curious to see if the podcast will drive, because nothing else I do airs in London. So I'm curious to see if the podcast will get people to come I'm, see a live show. I'm, I'm sure, sure it will. Sure will. I don't know. We'll see. Well, when you say anything else, you're talking about, like, Talking Dead? And nothing that I yeah, do yeah. airs in England hmm. unless you tour in it. So, because uh, of geo-blocking. Nobody does that. <laughs> yeah. Torrance thing. I know. So uh, Yeah, that was actually a discussion. We have a show called Immersion, uh, and it's right now in development at the TV network. 
And so, so it's kind of thing you normally like they want you to keep on the down low, but we don't care. You yeah. know, we, we talk with our audience about these things and we were saying, you know, we're trying to weigh the, uh, you know, advantages of going to TV or staying on the web with the second season of the show. Um, and it was our international audience that immediately pointed out to us, we're not going to be able to see this. You know, we love oh, right. the first season of Immersion. And here we are in, you know, the UK, in Australia, and, and even Canada. We might not be able to watch the show. So I'm, I'm glad they pointed this out, pointed that out to us. It's like something I hadn't considered. So then what does that mean? They well, all have to move to America. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> Come on, just give it up. Come on. What it really means is that, uh, honestly, what at the end of the day, it means that we can make to the network a really strong case for having a strong web presence for the show. Sure. If and when it goes on the well, air. Well, I don't know why anyone... I, I, I feel like when you talk about, you know, one platform over the other, I, I don't know why there's even a discussion. Like, no, it should be... You shouldn't just pick one over the other. You should combine... Right and, and and try to do some for one and then connect it to stuff for another platform. I don't know why some TV seems network... like that's where it's going. With yeah, of, of course. Yeah. Well, you hit it. I mean, it's usually the TV network that goes no, 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 no. Right. Yeah. I mean, we had um, even for Red versus Blue, there were times when uh, we were talking about putting Red versus Blue on the air, and then what would happen with the the web version of it? And they said, well, you just move it over to our TV network site. It's like your TV network site is like. A, a tenth of the size of our of our website. It's like why not keep it in one place and you and know, I, I think what a lot the of the bigger companies haven't figured out yet is that um, that uh, web video is a crowdsourced platform and it, it relies on being shared and no one shares proprietary uh, player content yeah. like on their websites where they're like we're gonna we're gonna corner all the traffic on our website, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> Oh no! We got a hundredth of the views. <laughs> What's going wrong? <laughs> or, if it do, wrong? or if it does get popular, the site stops working. Yeah, like, oh, right. we weren't planning for this much traffic. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, they don't really. You know, those those little those little players that you see that you know that companies just try to wall off from from everything else. They don't. They're not as functional as you would want them to be. No, they're an afterthought typically. I mean, they're not. They're not going to make a web destination that really does legitimately compete. With their channel destination, they're probably just not going to do that. If they're yeah. catching up, you know, and some of some of the people so, are a little seem, bit yeah, seems more like ahead. Gonna, yeah, reality is yeah. going to break through at some point or another where they're going to look at it differently, probably. But, but it's also frustrating too because when I talk to people in um, other like when I when I see people complaining about like in their their international, you know, it, you know, from our relative perspective here in America, people in Canada, or people in the UK, and they get upset about something being quote unquote blocked. They think that like Sony just or whoever, you know, doesn't want to show that content to them in that country. But it really has more to do with the distributors in their country blocking it so that like they have a fair share, at, like showing it and making the deal like we paid so much for the show. We want to show it here in the UK. Mm-hmm. We can't have YouTube and the American distribution systems invading like through some other vector and getting right. It. Yeah, right, right. Uh, so a lot of people think it's like the American companies like just, I guess, being dicks and not wanting to show <laughs> it there. It's not at all the case. It's usually a local company or, or you know, in your country that's that's blocking. Them. I've also yeah, seen so people- tweet them because <laughs> I have nothing to do with it. <laughs> I've also seen people get upset. They're like, I can't watch this video game trailer in my country. And as dumb as it sounds, it's like it's a ratings board thing. Like you're, oh, you don't yeah. have ESRB in your country. Like it has to have a Peggy rating instead. So it's like, yeah, yeah. No, no one wants to stop you from watching this. It's like a watchdog group that wants to make sure you know how old you have to be. To Australia to historically had a huge problem with that because they would really hammer down on violent games. Um, you know, the U.S. is so different from everywhere else. In, in the world. Germany too, right? They're they're real restrictive about what they can yeah. show. 
Especially Nazi stuff. Yeah, yeah it's funny. We won't show tits, but we'll show like brutal murders. And then over there, they won't show the brutal murders, but they're fine with tits. Like, yeah. It's, it's a weird... Yeah. We're backwards. Can't we're we're get, totally we're, backwards. We're backwards. Tits are natural. Let's get yeah. the best of both worlds. Murder tits. <laughs> murder tits. Game coming of Thrones. Soon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Game of Thrones is. Murder tits. Murder tits. Murder tits. <laughs> you guys going to watch Murder Tits this oh, Sunday? God. Season three of Murder Tits is oh, unbelievable. So good. So <laughs> many dragons and murder tits. How has nobody else figured out the recipe of show someone naked or somebody dying every five minutes you have a hit? That's yeah. all there is to it. Murder I mean, there's tits. a lot of the, in, in that genre of like Game of Thrones and that sort of like people writing books in that style there's a huge supply of those books isn't there from absolutely how is there not like how are all of those books not in pre-production at this point there mu- I, I don't know i mean i, I would it imagine seems like it's a formula that does work pretty well i don't know i love game of thrones although the first season you and i was like do people need to be naked in the background there like there was no <laughs> well, it's real like, well, it's just like we're hbo <laughs> i'm sorry i'm how, sorry how american no, of you <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna make sure that you know this is hbo you know it would, that's fine you know what the most horrifying example of that backwardness that i've ever heard in my life was was i i don't know the name of the game i'll try to look it up here uh there was a game that showed at e3 this year uh, and it was like some kind of alien abduction game where you wake up on a ship and you're fighting your way out after being abducted and you get get out of the pod or whatever. Uh, and in one of the levels when you're going through, there's other abductees who are like pinned to the wall with mucus or something like that. Yeah. You know, they're trapped always, as well. Always with the mucus. And they were naked. And because they were naked, they couldn't show it on the floor of E3. So the way they got around the nudity was to mutilate the bodies. Oh. Yeah. Isn't that... Like, what? That is that's, so that's backwards. The typical American answer, what? right? Yeah. Hey, wait a minute. Those uh, those aren't alive tits, are they? Yeah. If they're dead tits, it's fine. Just cover them with blood. Cover them with blood. If they're murdered tits, murdered then tits, they're okay. It's totally fine. Or like the males, if you can cut the torso off at about the abdomen and don't show anything below that, like just literally cut the body off. Uh, right, let's get some more guts dangling there. I gotta find let's the get one that looks game. like a dick. Oh my god! Can you uh, cover up his dick with his guts? God, we call that biological. Blurry. Yeah. <laughs> Put some mucus and guts on that dick, and it's fine. As long as it's isn't that horrible? Yeah. Isn't that, really horrible? Really that must have been a and fun. And the fucking meeting. ridiculous thing about it is that we're this isn't even hyperbole. Like this is just how it actually works. I haven't heard that. That's fucking ridiculous, man. <laughs> That's absolutely crazy. E3, uh, I got E3's, yeah. E3's coming up again. God, like, it just feels like, like a month and a half. I know. Oh my god, I was so. I, I've I've had two I've had it a little bit of an emotional but it's all okay gaming uh couple of days, you know, finding out that Bethesda's not gonna do any more DLC for Skyrim. Oh yeah. Uh I spent a year and a half with that game. One thing we talked about the the one the, the podcast we lost Unfamiliar Come? Your stone no, not <laughs> our band name. The uh the Stones of Benazir. Stones of Berenzaya. That's it. I got them all. No! Yeah. <laughs> That's not fair! I have one left! I have one left! And you it's see- in the fucking Dark Brotherhood, and the Dark Brotherhood has collapsed, and there's a bug that if you try to go in the Dark Brotherhood, then the fucking game freezes. I got it there, though. Are you playing on PC? Or no, you- I'm what? playing it on... So I can't even, like, download a mod to fix it. I was playing it on Xbox. That is the most frustrating thing it's, in it's the world. When you can, it's just like, now I gotta start I think over. Bernie did that. Yeah. I did it. So, uh, But I get it right after they put out a 1.9 patch, and I, and I... So you might be able to go in there and get it now. I don't know. I, I feel There's hope like, for you, Chris. I don't know if there is hope, because now it's over. My Dark Elf Mage, Gene Wilder, is just going to be done. <laughs> it's going to be done, but I started playing Bioshock Infinite, which is fucking great. 
I just finished 100% of the, we had an achievement race here at the company for that. I actually did it with my girlfriend where uh, we raced to get 100% of the achievements in that game. And one of the last achievements is How? to beat the game on 1999 get, mode, which was like I, miserable. I, got, I had to watch Bernie do this. I'd be like, oh my God, like, is, is every level like this? It's like, take two steps. Die. You know, take two steps. Like you take those two steps for three hours. How are you you in a competition with your girlfriend over achievements and you're still in that relationship? It was how how is that possible? It was like that's the last achievement is oh I'm not broken up. Well it it helps if your girlfriend is is a professional gamer or has gamed professionally. Yeah, that helps a bunch. I missed like two I think I missed maybe one kinetoscope and I know where I lost I know where it was. Yeah. But by the time I figured that out, I couldn't go back without. Yeah. And so I was like, ah, maybe they'll give me a chance. And they, they do. There are some that they'll give you a chance later in the game to catch up on, but not the one. You that when, I you, lost. when you replay the chapter, just pick it up. What? Yeah. Once you get them all, finish the game, and then just go back play that chapter. Your totals carry through from one run through to the next. Oh, it's really well done. That's that makes great. me happy. Yeah. That's awesome. It's do, really well when, done. when you get a game, do you go and look through the achievements? Like, is the first thing like, oh, here's the achievements. So I want to hit those. No, but I but it's it's pretty. It seems pretty obvious with this game in particular. Like, oh, okay, well, that's going to be a thing because it gives you the reader. It's like you know, yeah. you know, sightseeing or one of thirty seven or whatever. I, it is. I don't do that either. Do you do that? No, I don't care. Do you, Bernie? Do I get all the collectibles? No, no, no. Like in the, you get a game. It's like okay, I'm gonna go and look at the achievements and see what the achievements are, and then I'm gonna play the game. Yeah, well, I have to if I'm if I'm in a race. Yeah, well, just otherwise. generally. But I always feel like that's the second pass, isn't it? So you do first I, pass to I finish agree. the game, second pass for achievements. That's what yeah. I do. That's what I do too. Yeah. I'd say something I've gotten better at doing now that I have less time to play games. I have no shame about playing a game through the first time on easy, right? And just blowing through it just so I can like yeah. experience it, like Bioshock Infinite. Is people love that story. I mean, yeah. they, that's all anybody sees to talk about is how much they love the story. And to, to go through it on easy over the course of a week, you know, in, in as much time as I have to play games, is a lot better than playing on hard on the first play. It gives you a huge yeah. advantage. And taking too. like two or three weeks and going, oh, what was this? Who's this guy? Right, you know? yeah. right. No, I, I love it. I mean, I, I honestly, I just wander around the game and just look at the fucking detail of, you know, every book has a title on it and everything, mm-hmm. and it's just so gorgeous mm-hmm. to, to look at. Yeah, we uh, we did a location shoot out in the suburbs of Atlanta in this tiny town with 7,000 people. So I was out there for like a week, and I took my Xbox, and I just played Bioshock Infinite the whole time. Did you take your Xbox, or did you take the games case? I just took my Xbox. I didn't have the games case yet, so I just took my Xbox. Would you have taken the games case? Yeah, if I had it. We had a, uh, we had a shoot for immersion where we went out to a racetrack in Atlanta, and it was like, <clears> I, was, I had not yet finished the game. I was in this, ra- I was in this achievement race for Bioshock. So between did you did you bet anything by the way? Yeah, we had bets. What what, what were they? Oh, just let's keep that to ourselves. <laughs> like Tom Hanks and Private, same Private Ryan. Some things are just for me. Uh, the uh, um, I think I think the prize was if I look back, it was one of us. Uh, whoever won would get free blowjobs for life. I think is what it was. Oh, oh nice. So that's, well, that's nice. a fair bet. Yeah. That's nice. I ended up, I did end up winning, but I only beat her by like I think fifteen total points. Now like, wait a minute. Barely... I, I do want to kind of go back, and maybe this is just a, <laughs> maybe I'm dissecting too much, but. Why specify free blowjobs? <laughs> <laughs> That's sort of a weird. Free blowjobs. It's like it's like better. the Carvel Gold <laughs> Card. Like free. You have to show like your, your gamer card. Like I believe this is I can redeem this right it's now. Like, it's like Baron Munchausen. As many blowjobs as the strongest man can I carry. Like I, I'm not sure, but you might be doing relationships. I feel like wrong. I just lost the bet just now. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 we feel like so, we, a month later. We feel like we home, just won, and then your whatever your coupon's just going to be torn in half <laughs> and placed <laughs> on your bill. Yeah. No, it my was, membership card. No. 
All the glitter has been scraped off of it. The uh, no, we didn't make a bet this time. We were just doing it for you know for fun. There's no official bet. We got one time where uh, to launch our. YouTube show, Achievement Hunter. It's even hard to call Achievement Hunter a show. It's more like a big brand now. Uh, but to do that one, I had a, a $1,000 bet with Jeff for achievements. Oh. I bet him he couldn't get 10,000 points, achievement points, gamer score, in a week. And that was a brutal game. Dude, no. No, no, that was, you're talking about Modern Warfare. That was oh, the first one we did. Oh, that. This is the one where I bet him 1000 bucks. he couldn't get 10,000 oh, gamer score in one week. He right. did it in three and a half days. That's oh, right. so you had to give him $1,000. I did. I did. So. Money well spent. Free had, you can see you had <laughs> for life. He had like an Excel spreadsheet of like, okay, Madden, here are all the achie- easy achievements. Like he had a, just no, you, a clip. The, the craziest to me, you're talking about Excel spreadsheets, is the fucking Excel spreadsheets you guys had for goddamn Viva Pinata. Viva Pinata. These guys yeah. were like, oh, I, I got to get a, I, what the fuck is that a Limosaurus. Limosaurus. never made sense to me. And I even tried. I tried to play it. Do you know what I'm talking about this no. game? It's like you. It's it's a piñata fucking simulator. It's like it's like <laughs> there's all like, it is what it sounds like. It's like candy animals, okay, and you're okay. trying to make the candy animals have sex with each other it's to make so more great. candy animals. They're not dancing, oh. and they're dancing, and there's sex, and, and there's, there's spreadsheets. No there are some. Sex. There, there is absolutely animals. sex. Is there you candy animal game, penetration? You don't make that game better. It's blood. <laughs> like I'll just cover all the animals in blood. That would have made the game a lot better and, and more acceptable. And more acceptable. And it's a Chris. How do you think they get filled with candy? He fills her with candy. You just, no. just candy spray everywhere. <laughs> no, dude, my nougat. <laughs> She's like, I thought you had a wrapper on that. <laughs> hey, don't gum inside me. Come on, guys. come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here yeah. we go. Here it is. It's the Rooster Teeth comedy. Come on. <laughs> I do have to say, Viva Pinata is probably one of the most underrated franchises on the Xbox. All right, I'll, there's I'll, some I'll shitty stuff. No offense to people who work very hard on those games. I'm sure there's like some. Side titles like racing cart titles. They yeah, one time the pure Viva games are great. One time I went to the store. I was like, "All right, fuck it. These guys talk about Viva Pinata forever. I'm gonna buy it. I'm gonna try to play it." I went, bought it, got home, put the game in. I was like, "Wow, this game is nothing like I was expecting." There's like a racing game or something. Oh, yeah, I played it for like 30 minutes and I ejected the disc from my Xbox. Like the wrong fucking game was in the case. Oh, oh no. yeah. I was like, "What the fuck is this?" Did you think about it new? Yeah, I had to go back to GameStop and I was like. What is this? What in the hell? Like, oh, we must have put the wrong game in there. I was like, this is new. It shouldn't be open. I, you're lucky they believed you. Yeah, I was like, I, I was, I, I could not believe that the wrong game was in the fucking case. But what? Yeah, and, and did you? But you didn't enjoy the game that you ended up. No, playing. No. no, no, I did not. I did not end up. Uh, it was, it was, it was too much piñata sex. Not enough. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I didn't get it. I can't believe I you're saying there's no game. sex in it. It's, there's no sex. It's dancing. They dance. Dance they quotes. Dance. You you run the piñata through a maze. To where the other pinata is waiting. You're essentially and then ru- a little heart, like the beginning of Love Boat, comes up. You're essentially running sperm dances. through a maze to get to an egg. Oh. Come on. No, it's it's, it's all metaphors. <laughs> there's no, there's on screen. There's nothing but dancing pinatas. In fact, I, I I heard at one point that in, I always heard rumors there was uh, that like you can name your pinatas, and there was concern that you could name like this pinata Bill and this pinata Steve, mm-hmm. and they. Bill and Steve could dance together, and they were worried about getting some negative feedback. So that's really that. funny because that really sort of how long? I mean, that it's funny because you think about Mass Effect three now and where we're at now versus where we were, and that wasn't that long ago. Yeah, that dancing is way more explicit. <laughs> <laughs> dancing is way more explicit than Mass Effect three. Like so, I'm going through and playing Mass Effect three, and there's like a dude, and he's like, "Hey, let's hang out. Hey, let's hang." Out. I'm like, "No, I'm fine. I'm fine." <laughs> I think it's important for the game industry to throw the news media industry a bone every now and then. You know that they have right. like, "Oh my right. god, yeah. outrage, yeah. outrage." Yeah. 
When uh, would you guys? Did you say? Did we talk about? We talked about this a little bit on the. That's the other problem with doing a live podcast. Sometimes is that it. it, it what I did find with the live show that we did is that we did so much, kind of like playing to the audience. But I really did want to hear more about you as an organization and when you started. And I know you start. You started. You started pre. You started like pre b- before most people had. You started years before YouTube. Right back in our day, let me tell you how it was. I mean, like probably like five or six years before YouTube, right? Like ninety nine, two thousand, maybe. Well, we started the first video we ever put up online. If because that's Rooster Teeth is mainly an online video company. Um, the first video we put online was two thousand and two. Okay, it was the trailer to Red versus Blue. But we had worked on like blogs. Like, they weren't called blogs back then. They were called Everything Nothing sites. En sites. En sites. And uh, uh, Gus had one called Drunk Gamers. Uh, a guy that we've worked with forever, Jeff. He had a site called Kill Poetry. Uh, and so we were just doing all these articles. But the one we all worked on together was Drunk Gamers. And we would get drunk and play video games and do reviews of games that way. It was more like in time, in keeping with the times where it was a game review site. Mm-hmm. And we would review games with scores and stuff like we that. We decided it would be easy to do a site with the two things, about the two things we loved. Drinking and playing Drinking games. Drinking and playing games, yeah. Yeah. And the whole the business model of that site was to get free video games. And we got none. No, we got one. <laughs> we got one. We got one. We got Blinks the Time Sweeper, which is a game about a time-traveling cat with a vacuum strapped to his back. We gave it a 10 out of 10. Perfect score. Because Best game ever made. The whole review was about how they gave it to us for free. That was the entire review. <laughs> and, uh, and so it was, and I was the Xbox guy for that site. And because, uh, I'm Bernie, by the way. Uh, and because I was the Xbox guy the first year the Xbox came out, all anybody cared about was Halo, Halo, Halo. That's all anybody wanted to know about was Halo. Um, and so... I was doing. I was. I was a filmmaking guy from back in college, and I had a bunch of film equipment laying around where I could digitize video, and I started using that to digitize uh, gameplay footage, uh, which was at the time not nobody was doing this. This is like you said. This is four years before YouTube, mm-hmm. uh, and so I was making a bunch of Halo videos, how to like drive the Warthog faster, how to get off a cliff, how to get shots on people a lot easier. But our site was funny. It was supposed to be humorous, and so I was always trying to find a way to make those tips and tricks videos funnier uh and and it was a weird timing because the site shut down and then i had just made an apple switch ad parody video with gus Mm -hmm. and that was um gosh this is this can turn into a super long story but basically joel here was the actor in my movie in college i was a computer science student i wanted to learn about filmmaking but i thought i'm not going to sit through film classes i'm just going to make a movie because by the time I'm done, everything I need to know about filmmaking, I'll know it. Of course. Point. Yeah. And this was like at UT right after Robert Rodriguez had married Mariachi. Okay. So it was this idea, take seven grand and set the whole world on fire. So I met, basically met Matt and Joel. They were film students. Joel was a theater student uh, at UT. Um, and we made a movie together, a 16 millimeter feature film, 105 minutes. It took us uh, 13 months to make it. And then we went through the process. Chris, you can probably relate to this, that... We went through the process of we have our movie, it's done, now we can get to work. Because we spent a year trying to get people to watch our movie. Like we like the I always call going to a film festival is like we're trying to convince five people to let us show our movie to two hundred people. Right. That was that process. And we went through that for a year. I put up this video with him, this Apple Switch ad. With Gus. With Gus, yeah, with Gus. I put that online and it just like people were emailing it to each other. And within twenty four hours, Matt in LA called me and said, I walked into some guy's office and he was showing me this video and it had Gus in it. And it was like, 
Well, I said, I put that up like less than 24 hours ago. I put it up five o'clock after work. I put that video online. And, it and got what video player were you using at that time? It was QuickTime. Yeah, it was like we had to host the video ourselves. You know, it was Did like, you have to pay for the bill? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Jesus. $15,000 bandwidth bill sometimes. Oh, God. It was like yeah. the summer of 02, I think. Yeah. Or I, 01. Yeah, 01 it was, or it 02. was probably summer of 01. And yeah. that's right around when people were just starting to get DSL. It's like you're just starting to get those like 128k speeds, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it's still not super everywhere yet. It's a little bit. It's more expensive. It still takes a little bit longer. So and, and the video codecs were so lousy that a postage size video, postage stamp size video, resolution wise, that was like a minute long. That was like an 80 meg download. <laughs> and now you can get like full high def with new codecs that yeah. are like 17 megs. Mm-hmm. You know or you know, 30 megs for mm-hmm. a two or three minute video. Um, so it's like even those things like reduced our biggest costs as the codex got better. But yeah, when we put the first episode of Red vs. Blue up uh, online, um, 3,000 people watched the first video. And then it got linked on Slashdot and Fark and Penny Arcade linked mm-hmm. it. And this is April of 2003. Wow. Those sites alone, those were huge. They literally brought down the servers that uh, we had these things hosted. So then it got scattered all over the internet and people were hosting it in different places. So 3,000 people watched the, the video before we went down. Uh, the next week when I put up the second episode, uh, we had 250,000 people watch that Holy one. Holy shit. And then the third one, it was 750,000 people. And by the end of the month, we were doing a million uh, per, per video every time we put one up. Uh, and then we started getting bills from our server our co-location facilities. Yeah. Of just like, oh, you owe us fifteen thousand dollars. Like yeah. popularity became this enormous problem for us. Were you making any money at that point? No, it didn't exist. <laughs> yeah, no. So we, that's how we built our business models. Was like almost out of necessity, and then that necessitated us talking to Microsoft. Luckily, they called us um, and they said, you know, this thing seems cool and innovative. We don't really understand it, but let's work something out. You know, and at the time, I was I'm a little bit older. I'm forty, um, and so this whole process started for me when I was twenty nine. So I had an idea that, like, this is their... This, all this was based on Halo. Red vs. Blue is a cartoon that we make based on Halo, for those of you listening who aren't familiar with it. Um, it's been running for now... It's going to its 11th, 11th season. season. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the longest-running web series. Um, you know, I had an idea that I'm not going to go in there and tell them which way the wind blows, you know what I mean? Or, that, like, or go in there and cry fair use or any of that stuff. I went in, like, with a business plan and said, I want to license this and that. And they didn't have a model for that at the time. Uh, but they worked with us until they did. You know. Oh wow. Yeah, and so it was. We we got very fortunate. Very That's- fortunate. They were very forward looking, uh, and uh, yeah, we we really looked out. Right place, right time. And yeah. and I mean to put things in perspective, you kind of glossed over the fact that you had this capture card that could digitize video. I mean, this was a, you know, uh, 10 years ago now. I mean, I think that capture card back then was like 1500 bucks. Exactly, it was 1500 bucks. And now yeah. you can buy them at like Best Buy for like $49. God, like, and I had to have a SCSI 2 hard drive <laughs> that I think it was like 1000 bucks for 4 gigs. Like that's because it was like it sounded like a plane taking off this hard drive when you turned it on because it had to be super, super fast to capture the video. Oh, my God. Uh, So a lot of stuff has changed over over the years. But basically, uh, you know, Rushi started as a we we modeled ourselves, our business a lot after Homestar Runner. We're huge fans of Homestar Runner. I am at least. And um, back then, the currency of the Internet wasn't advertisements. It was T-shirts. So we started off selling T-shirts that uh, were quotes from the show and just our Rooster Teeth logo. Um, you know, and then evolved into selling DVDs from there. Um, and then we had subscription models with like different layers of like, if you subscribe at this level, we call it sponsorships. Mm -hmm. And this is back in 2003. And it looks a lot like what Kickstarter is today, where it's like, if you 
contribute this amount, then you get these benefits, and if you contribute right. this amount, you get this, you know, in different levels. Um, and then, you know, over the years, and then YouTube came along, we were three years late getting on YouTube uh, because we actually looked at it initially as a competitor. I remember guys we were working with, um, the guys who make Ask a Ninja. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they, they, Kent Nichols, the guy who... Kent and Doug. Yeah. He's the guy who showed me YouTube. I remember it. And I looked at it, and I go... That's garbage. It's never, it's never gonna take off. There were some other, there were some other, you know, people out there doing that other than yeah. YouTube at the time, and they didn't. You know, well, YouTube was ever, a big one. Yeah. yeah, there was no revenue sharing on YouTube. Well, so. one of the other entities that was doing that at the time was Google. They had Google Video, which nobody remembers. Because, oh, right. No, I do remember that yeah. because I remember when they took it down. Because you used to be able to search Google videos, uh-huh. but I don't remember ever finding anything that relevant on there. Yeah. At one right. point, they announced a deal with ABC to do like online video for ABC's primetime lineup, and then that deal just like got shut down like a week later. And then they just and then went to YouTube. <clears throat> what do you think of? What do you think about how YouTube has evolved? Like, what do you what do you think about it now? No, it's crazy. I mean, YouTube's reached that point as a brand where they're like a Kleenex or a Xerox, where the word is the thing, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And even more so, it's I like... I think they call that metonymy. Is that what they call it? I believe that's the word. Oh, for nice. I think. <laughs> I, might be, I might be wrong. <laughs> Which was a term invented by the Metonymy Corporation. So how ironic is that? <laughs> God damn it. Metamotonomy. Metamotonomy. But yeah, it's, I, and now they're even at that level where they've reached verb status, where you're going you're gonna to YouTube, YouTube something. something. Yeah, 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 where it's like, now it's like, it's how we say we're going to do this, and it just means online video. Yeah. And we, so we have a, we have a huge presence on YouTube. Um, I think we just, um, we just put out a big infographic for our 10th anniversary. I think we're now seventh most watched all time, non-music, because the music channels are just like, uh, yeah, 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 you can't, I mean, you can't compete with a billion fucking, just of the fucking sigh alone. Right. Is, is ridiculous. One mm-hmm. billion on that one, v, on that it's one It's up to 1.5. Is it really? Yeah. I mean, we just hit 2 billion views total people across still all of our videos. That? Yeah, I looked at it the other day out of curiosity. I was like, has it, did it plateau? Like, did people just push it to a billion and stop? And I looked, it's like, holy shit, it's going to, it might get to two. No, God damn it. It's unbelievable. Yeah. But, I mean, it's like, you know. We need, we need to get more musical. Yeah. You know, his, uh, his uh, second video, the gentleman video, was the most views on a video in a 24-hour period. Oh, yeah. It was, it was 38 million. And I think the previous record holder was Coney, which was 30 million. Oh, wow. Yeah. By, so he beat Coney by 8 million <laughs> yeah. with the gentleman video. In 24 hours. Which, I mean, listen, I'm not... A, Coney's working on a follow-up. He's out <laughs> <laughs> of work right now. Oh, man. No, that sophomore effort can be tough. Oh, man. It's a little bit of a slump. <laughs> but the new, the, new, the new side video sounds a little more... It does... I mean, I'm not going to make any grand statement here. Sounds a little like Gangnam Style. <laughs> it sounds pretty similar. Sort of hitting the same... Uh, it's yeah. a, I mean, you know, look, I'm not... I'm no, sure it's fine. Hey. I'm just saying. No. Yeah. How'd Macklemore's second video do? Because Thrift Shop was huge. Thrift Shop, I, I, I thought the second video was really cool. Yeah, so I, did It I. seems like they spent a lot of money making that. It was a lot of locations. Went to a lot of different places. Yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, Thrift Shop's, it's almost at 300 million views on Jesus. Thrift Shop. You know? And that's, was he from Seattle? Dude from Seattle? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. just, uh, that thing just hit big. I mean, clearly, YouTube is the new MTV. You know, I mean, or it's, it's, yeah. There's no question. Like, I think people used to view it as like a place to farm talent, you know, for like the big leagues, quote unquote, you yeah. know, for traditional media. But now it's like you don't need to make that jump. You can be fine doing this kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, look at somebody did a Macklemore parody, thrift shop parody, and they're at five million views. I mean, that's like crazy. You know? Well, that's the sort of the, uh, you know, all the response videos and the parody videos. It's that, uh, you know, they're all the 
kind of lampreys on the other underside of the whale that are getting nutrients from yeah. that. But it totally it totally works. Like there are people who just whose channels subsist <laughs> on yep. do I'm on like unrelated you videos. Know, you know one of my favorite phenomenons on YouTube of all time is is the thumbnail that looks pornographic but isn't it has like a hundred million views. Like look at this video. It's a video of vocal cords. It's got a it's got a hundred and sixty-six million views. That well that's like that it's a throat pussy. You, you could not show that at E3. You'd have to have some, you'd have to have some guts on there. Jesus. Video stroboscopy wow. video strobosco- of stroboscopy of the vocal cords looks like a guy uh, man. on top of it. Because that looks like a dude's ass on top, on top of, a vagina. of a vagina. I mean, the vocal oh, cords, man. they're all very pussily presented. <laughs> the throat pussy, as it's known in the medical profession. Yes, yes. Oh, my God, that really is. They all, they all have thumbnails. Because they, they show up in thumbnails. And we're like, well, hello. Let me, let me see what this video is about. Do you yeah, so think, video... think anyone goes through with it? They're like, well, I've committed this far. <laughs> so, it's like, well, they start learning. Is it a sphincter? It's a pyloric sphincter. So it is a sphincter in the body, but it's, that's just not the one. That, it's like, uh, it's not the can one you imagine? Out. I mean, this conversation 30 years ago, it's like, for the final episode of MASH, do we want to say farewell <laughs> to the characters or do we just want to show vocal cards? <laughs> well, that depends. How many people do you want to watch it? I know it would be double. <laughs> <laughs> if you wanted to, if you want a lot of people to see it, this year, the yeah. Super Bowl has been preempted we're by gonna, a guy's we're, elbow up close. <laughs> <laughs> revealing footage of Hot Lips Houlihan. And then it's just like, oh, it's our vocal cords. What we're just going to evolve gonna to the point I mean, where there's just like 30 thumbnails that are just reused over and over again. 166 million views by accident. And yet, it's still, and yet what's going on in my head is like, how can I use this to our advantage? Because <laughs> it feels like, you know, particularly with YouTube... It, th- there is an element, of course, like, yes, if the content is solid, then people will share it, which, of course, is, you know, sharing is required, um, which makes it a challenging platform because you don't know what people are going to share. Uh, but I know that there are also weird little sciencey things you can do, like meta tags and titles and the thumbnail. Mm-hmm. And how do you present that to, you know, it's not gaming the system. It's just it's just intelligent marketing of your, of SEO. your thing. Yes, it's good SEO, but yep. uh, that's still a very difficult thing to predict. Do you guys feel like you have a good understanding of that, or does it not? I mean, you have so many subscribers now. Do you feel like that doesn't matter as much, or do you still work on it? Well, I think it's like, I think it's like anything else in entertainment, and as online video becomes more mature, and especially as it becomes more saturated, it's always like, when I was in college, going back to that Robert Rodriguez story, I read his biography about how he made Elmer. I think it's called Rebel Without a Crew. And I read the whole thing. It's like, here's how he made the movie. I got needles stuck in my arm at a uh, pharmaceutical testing company to raise the money. And then I went down to Mexico and shot it. And here's how we shot it. And here's how we did that. And I was reading this whole biography going, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, and then uh, when the movie was done, and then we took it to um, this festival. Anyway, this guy saw it and it got bought by Miramax. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. That is, (laughs) that's the part I want to hear. How'd you get that done? And it's just like, it's always in any kind of success story, whether it's even like a vocal cord video, there was always some kind of weird X factor. Yeah. That you're never gonna be able to recreate. You sure. can go through all these like self help books. They always say, or these biographies. It almost seems like there's a formula or process you can go to, but there's always gonna be this X thing that you're not gonna be able to recreate. Like Kevin yeah. Smith's thing, where one guy saw it at a midnight screening and bought it and you know put it out there. Yeah. You know the Clerks. Uh, 
That was never more on more than fifty screens. Really? At any point in time. So it was all it was all like home video and word of mouth. Like Super Troopers or something yeah. like that. Yeah. But everybody who hasn't seen Clerks, right? Well, it's that 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 weird sort of um, that X Factor thing you're talking about. There's some organic element that you can't. Um, it's like you know. Like why you we, you know like we can't build a robot or have CG that looks a hundred percent. There's just like this one element that it just the soul of it just isn't there, mm-hmm. and that's what that's what you can't that's what you can't control. And it's like one of those things like when that comes by for anything, you might not even recognize it. Like that was the big opportunity for this thing or the something to take off. Yeah. So so. You can do all those things, like you can take a viral viral video, I hate that term, I know you do too, you can try to do all those things to induce virality, but it it you might not ha- might not happen. And then when you chase it, it just looks fucking gross. Oh, yeah. it like, it's just when you chase, yeah, I mean, I, I've... Any, any audience can tell. I said yeah. this I said this when I hosted the streamies about, like, please don't stop asking for viral videos, companies, like, you're just at, you might as well just ask for a billion dollars. I want a billion dollars! Right. Yeah. Well, sure. Okay, great. That's awesome. Yes, you want your thing to be successful. Yes, everyone wants that. Fantastic. Oh, you don't want a failure of a video. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. okay. <laughs> God, let me restart this process. Here's here's what's frustrating to me about... about here's uh, our B package. This is what's frustrating <laughs> to me about making YouTube content, but also at the same time... <clears throat> I, I, it, it's weird. I, I have two points of view on it. On one hand, I'm frustrated by it. On the other hand, I think it's kind of awesome. But I was performing at uh, Penn State, and I asked this girl in the front row. I asked people, like, oh, do you guys have creators? Do you have YouTube channels? This girl goes, yeah, I have a YouTube channel. Um, you know, I have, a, I have like 500 subscribers. My first video was a, was a video of my friend asking someone to prom, and it got 3 million views. And I was like, Jesus Christ. You know, we fucking reunited the Fraggles and made a Ben Fold video, and that got like a million and a half. Right. Like her friend. And so I'm like, God damn it. And we spent money on that. And so part of me is frustrated. And part of me is like, yeah, but that's fucking awesome. Like, just this girl just put up a thing, and three million people saw it. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, my favorite story like that is uh, I, I believe you know Hannah Hart as of well. Of course. Yeah, I love yeah. Hannah. Brilliant. Uh, um, unbelievably funny. Her first video she ever put up was not put up by her. That she was a video she made for her friend of yeah. like her friend had moved away or something and she she made that and her friend put up the huh. video and it like just launched her career yeah you know, that's it's just, it's funny the there, awesome. there's there's you know? that X factor you're talking yeah. about but well, wh- but she was ready like when that came she was she worked as a Japanese translator I know and she was ready like she said okay this is an opportunity I'm gonna attack this thing and I'm gonna you know um, and she says and now. I'm an entertainer. Yeah, and entertainer, it's, a, it's the kind of thing you could have missed, like you said. You know, an opportunity may show up and you may not recognize it. Right. It would have been easy to be like, oh, that was like a one-time thing. You know. Right. Is there too much noise? Do you think, or do you think it's still? Well, we're we're different, and you are too. I think. Like you put together a production with Benfold Five and the Frag do- uh, Frag Dolls, the Frag Dolls, <laughs> uh, and uh, you put that together, and you put a lot of time into that, and you kind of have to realize that if you're going to spend all this time making something and building some kind of narrative that's you're that's incredible but you're never going to compete with the cat falling off the roof of never, the day never, you know never. or the kid who just got out of the dentist you know and 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 it burns you know like that uh a video like that will it will burn twice as bright but it will only burn half as long right. like those you know like the guy who happens to catch his cat uh throwing up and farting at the same time 
It's like there's the, that might get 100 million views, but that guy, it's not like he's going to have a loyal audience of people that are going to be like, hey, every week I'm going to tune in for this yeah, guy. It's, it's like the girl you gave the example about the 3 million view video. She has 500 subscribers. Right. It's like you have to capture those eyeballs and then you have to continue to provide regular compelling content. It is fast. I mean, like it's so it's so easy to see why so many big companies fail with YouTube thinking that it's just, oh, it's like television. It's a visual medium. Like, mm-hmm. no, no, but it requires... It's not a platform that people just go and let stuff hit them in the face. Like, they have to activate it. Like, they have to seek it out. Right. They have to share it with everyone they know. It's a much different... That is a completely different dynamic than than other visual media. And we realize that, too. I mean, you take a look at just the, the show we make, Red vs. Blue. We can talk to her blue in the face. It's the longest-running web series. Do you want to know this? Do you know that Red vs. Blue is now the longest-running sci-fi series in America? What? Yeah, we just passed... Last season, we passed Stargate. <laughs> Uh, which is the longest, so now we're the longest running, because sci-fi shows, you know that story, they get canceled. Yeah, <laughs> you know, Fire, yeah they Firefly get Firefly. Firefly was 10 episodes, and people still talk about it to this day. Um, but it's like, you know, it's the longest running web series, we've worked on it for years, it's 11 years now running, all that, it's one of the biggest machinima series ever, like popularized the art form of machinima. We go in a room, and it's like, we have to explain to people what it is, and how big the audience and all that, but at the same time, we walk in a room and go, Leroy Jenkins. Everybody goes, Leroy Jenkins, which was a machinima video that was just a one-off video that was enormous. Yeah. It's like, you just have to understand that some things are broader. You know what I mean? Like you said, they burn brighter. You know? Yeah. But it's like, and that video was what? Six years ago. You know? yeah, maybe we, longer now at this point. Yeah. And we were making, we were like in our third or fourth season by that point. And here's this one video that like, for whatever reason, everybody identifies with it. It's always an, I mean, it's, I, I liken it as I do most things because it's a thing that I do the most. But with stand up, you can try to, you can try to craft where, where you want it, the audience to laugh. Like you can go, this is going to be the part. And then you, you, you know, and they don't laugh at that. And then some throwaway part of the joke, they fucking go nuts over. And then you're like, what? That wasn't, really? I didn't yeah. know that. All right. And I sort of feel the same way with YouTube. Sometimes you're like, oh my God, this is going to fucking, oh, I can't believe how big this is going to be. Mm-hmm. And then that, just something in there misses, but then some other throwaway thing. Like, oh, what, that? Yeah. It's, it's weird what people can identify with. And then views are like that too, I think too. Um, if something goes to like 40 million views or 50 million views, a lot of that's t- a lot of that is just timing in the sense that it gets linked enough places within a certain window. Yeah. Like if like um, if say you got linked on like 10 different sites, if you got linked on those 10 different sites over 10 days, yeah. that wouldn't be as good as if you got linked on those 10 sites in 24 hours where it like becomes like this like critical mass. Right. And then it becomes a bigger deal yeah. where it's like it stretches out there's something to that well, as well. As a viewer, I won't wa- like. I might not be interested in watching it, but if I see it again and again on the same day, I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, what the fuck? I have to watch this stupid video. Yeah. Like, uh, apparently, it's getting linked everywhere. But I gotta say too, if you get a bunch of, I want to call them YouTubers now, if you get a bunch of YouTubers in the room, you always hear YouTube philosophy, like the philosophy of this stuff. And the more you talk about it, you realize there's this is, just no answer. Th- this is the thing. Reason. Yeah. You you can get lost in this. Yeah. I mean, you can just get utterly lost in this. And like, anytime I've ever like made a video or whatever, I'm just like, I'm just gonna make what I think is funny to me. Yeah. And it's like if I'm hitting where I think it's going to work, it usually works. That's a, I think that's our big philosophy here yeah. is that and we make videos that would make us laugh. That's how we started. Well, that's our original websites were intended for that. Right. We make our, our buddies laugh, and then we have faith that there's enough people like us on the internet that that'll find an audience. Yeah. So far, it's worked out. You know, I mean, there's not any videos that we make here that we don't like. It's, you know? it's funny. It's like a joined uh, consciousness. You know, if you're going through the, the game that you're playing, it's the one game that you guys are playing that I'm not playing right now. The Skyrim? Bio- Bioshock. 
Oh, Bioshock Infinite? Bioshock Infinite? But you're going through and you're playing that game and unconsciously there's things happening that you're like, well, why is this like that? Why is this like that? You know, everybody who's played that game is going through that same thought process, sure. but no one's like sort of talking about it. But yeah. it's like if you find that moment, it's just like, well, I'm just going to talk about what everyone's thinking about. You've hit it. Yeah, I and mean, it's, it's, but the, it's the audience already knows what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. There, there is a little bit of a oh, you're exposing a truth that I on I knew on some level, but hadn't really put yeah. into words yet. Yeah, and presented in a funny way. Hopefully, it works. But, but if you also do like the topical current events kind of thing, then you're just in a race every single week with yeah. everybody else doing the same thing. Yeah, and it's I, I kind of don't want to like try and chase Saturday Night Live well, too much. Plus, also, there's no yeah. tail on that. You know, once you get far enough away from current events, it's like it's, it becomes dated. Yeah, uh-huh. and you don't have the long-term viewability, you would have something else that's narrative. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. if you, even if you look at like our channel, our, we have all these different shows, um, you know, some of them that have run for years and years, tons and tons of views, but our video with the single most amount of views is a parody we did of an Angry Birds trailer. And to this day, that still gets tons of views. The other thing that's, that's kind of frustrating for a lot of people in starting out and this noise level that you're talking about is that views also beget views. When you see a video in the th- related sh- the videos and you see the thumbnails, you say, oh, that one has yeah. 150 million views. Gotta it looks like is. vocal cords, but 150 million people watch. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like that becomes its own kind of accreditation. And because of the sort of upvote nature of the, of the algorithm of YouTube, the more popular it gets, the more visible it's going to be on YouTube. The, the higher up right. it's going to yeah. be, the higher it's going to rank because mm-hmm. it's not really... Uh, uh, I mean, it is. It is just all sort of what's popular, sort of a thing. Yeah. Like the new, the new pages, the new home pages on YouTube are are, uh, are interesting, but it is it is a lot of. Uh, it's just a, like a mosaic of you know. It's like a version of the front page of YouTube now. Yeah, exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. Everyone's home page is a version of the, the the front page, and it's just like vertical and horizontal tiling, and it's just videos everywhere. Yeah, and I think that some things. They just make more sense in some formats right now. I think it's things are converging, but if somebody made Game of Thrones and it was the same quality and it was a web series, I don't know as many people would watch it on you know the internet. We just to find YouTube. out what the numbers. I, I know everyone said that House of Cards was tremendously successful for Netflix, mm-hmm. but I don't know what the numbers were. Right, I'd be interested to find out what. Yeah, the, I would too. Like, what is that? What does that mean? And, and it seems like they're going to keep going with that formula. Because I think, what a lot, like, I think what a lot of people don't realize is that. Um, you know, when you look at, when you think about the most popular television shows in our culture, a lot of them don't really have audiences that are that huge, you know, like right. shows like, uh, you know, you think of like... Uh, and the shares are even lower, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. Like when you, you know, when you think about, uh, you like know... Like, Lost in its prime, you know, might have been 20 million. If maybe at well, I'm even thinking of like cable shows like um, Game of Thrones. Right, we think of it as, as a huge show, you know. But their premiere had like three million people, and they're behind a pay gate essentially, right? Because they're a subscription channel, right? Yeah, these shows that are permeate our culture so much, but it's not it's not like the old days where a television that you would think of as that big, it's like 25 million. You know, yeah, it really yeah, is. Does, does weird... Mash still have the record for like the most? The highest ratings ever, the MASH finale? I don't know. It was pretty high. Yeah, it was something ridiculous. It's going like to be some, 60 some, or something crazy there, yeah. like that. I mean, you know, the fucking uh, MTV Movie Awards just did backflips because they had 3.8 million it's, viewers. It's really <laughs> weird. And it's like, was like Two and a Half Men has like the most ratings like in the past five years? I think Big Bang is over them now, isn't it? Big Bang, I think, is doing... Is, same dude. And, and what, what same people making it. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah. Oh, Chuck Lorre. Yeah. And uh, how many... I don't know. I'm, I mean, it's probably got, I don't know, five, six, ten. I don't know. 
Well, I think uh, you know, I don't know, and it's weird too because but, but that's something that I'm not yeah. gonna watch. But going much. going back to formats too, where things are different. Um, I'm totally working from memory here, so these numbers are probably not exactly right. But I remember when How I Met Your Mother signed its syndication deal. It was like some record setting deal, but they were 41st in the rankings at the time. But now they're they're in syndication. They're the number one syndicated show. Like yeah. that show, like somebody saw that that show yeah. was a perfect fit for a syndicated. It's almost show. almost like that's part of the decision making and the model process. It's like the, how is this going to live? The old television, yeah. mo- the, the the pre the older television model just doesn't really take into account people's viewing habits, and no one now wants to be told really when they have to watch something, and they don't even understand it a lot of the time. No. Yeah. Like, what do you mean I have to... It's just like we were talking earlier about, about things that are being geoblocked. Like, the internet has taught me that I should be able to have everything all the time whenever I want. <laughs> On demand, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. It. Do, you, do you do much uh, live streaming events? No. No, we don't do a lot of live streaming events. We we don't either because we came up in an internet where it was it's essentially on demand that you don't make appointment viewing for the internet. But we've it just seems like everything is people really like live now. Our podcast a par- portion of it is live. I'm up for doing it. You know, like I, I think okay, well, I just don't think you're going to get the majority of your viewer your viewers in the live stream. Definitely not. Absolutely you'll just, not. You'll get them afterwards. Yes. You know. So I but I, but I I, I totally would do a live stream thing and and then just put it up later, you know, put it up immediately afterwards mm-hmm. and then just let people find yeah. it. But That's the way to do it. I mean, you're right. It's a fraction of a percent who should actually show up for the live stream. But I think they like the interaction. Yeah. It's, it's what, you know, they're hoping to get. I would do it if it were super interactive and it were sort of like a like a Google Hangout or something where you can interact with people and have them like a call-in type of a thing. Mm-hmm. Then, it, then it would make a lot of sense to me. Otherwise, I don't think just doing, just streaming something live for the sake of streaming live really... I think people would be like, well, who gives a shit, you know? Yeah. The, the nice thing is a lot of people who work in live streaming get very excited about much lower numbers. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they really do. It's like, they're like, they're like this is tremendous. Like, well, really? Okay. That's great, you know? And it's like, a lot of times, it's like, they're not numbers that we're used to. I mean, we're used to, like you said, the catalog on demand numbers. Of, yeah. Over the course of a week, you know, you know, a million people show up to watch it. But for live stream, if 50,000 people watch something, it's like, People go crazy. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's why that uh, that Red Bull, that Felix Baumgartner thing, would had like there was like seven million people yeah. watching the live stream of him jump out of that capsule. Also, do you know what like you know what that beat? What was the all time biggest stream of all time before that? No, birds hatching. <laughs> <laughs> it was eggs. <laughs> they're just they waiting for the second step in the process of what happens after. Yeah, they could have theoretically fallen out of the nest. It could have been like a, <laughs> like a, like a trial run. Are you serious? Birds hatching? <laughs> yeah, I think they were eagles. There was the eagle cam. I remember that. The it was... eagle cam. Oh, my wow. God. Yeah. I mean, it's like, that's cool, but the guy jumping from space, I like that that's number one. Yeah, if you go yeah, through like the YouTube yeah. live list, it's a lot of like puppy cam, you know, kitten cam. <laughs> it's a lot of stuff like that. Like, I want, I want to watch I mean, rookie puppies on demand. Basically, I think what most people in the world want is just a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week puppy bowl. I think that's yeah. just what people, that's ultimately what they want. They just, and maybe it's because they feel like the world's a horrible place and they need to see things like that to make them happy. But I feel like puppy bowl is the soul of what humanity really wants. After seeing all those gut-covered tits in, uh, in video games, like, I just want to see a puppy bowl. now. Yeah. That murder yeah, tits they, episode was too intense. I gotta yeah. wash, rinse it off, clean my palate. Palate, palate cleanser, yeah. yeah, you need a puppy bowl palate cleanser. Uh, they, uh, oddly After enough, they tits. had the uh, uh, CEO of Animal Planet on, like Bloomberg, yesterday, and I was listening to her, and man, they were pushing the puppy bowl. They were talking, our numbers are getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Uh, they don't do have next to push year? puppy bowl. Next year, we're gonna show puppies. 
<laughs> they revolutionized Puppy Bowl. <laughs> they'll have that Matrix-style camera in the Puppy Bowl. Know, but I think the hardest uh, thing for people starting out and putting videos up and kind of making traction in the space is that noise that you talked about, Chris. Yeah. The scariest stat, and it's probably out of date now, is one that YouTube themselves put out, which is that every minute that goes by, 72 hours of footage are uploaded to YouTube. Yeah. They yeah. publish that on their blog. It's like, so if you want to watch every video on YouTube, you would fall three days behind every minute you try to do that. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's impossible. It's insane. Yeah. It's impossible. So that's this rising noise floor coming from essentially, you know, everybody. But then I hate to even call it above or below, but like then you have all these networks now that are like rushing into the digital space and they're just like making noise from an entirely different direction, you know, with like bringing shows and making additional content. That's what the last writer's strike was all about was the, you know, the mm -hmm. coming into the digital space for the big studios and networks. So, yeah, it's, a, it's getting more and more crowded all the time. And I don't know if there's even, you know, I, I, I'm not even really sure if there is any advice you can give people other than, well, make good content yeah. and figure out who your audience is and figure out how to... And then when, it, and then when if something hits. Get it to those audiences, get it to those blogs, you know... Um, yeah, I, I mean, I really don't know what the I don't really know what the trick is. I can't say you, you nailed it though. Something we took us a long time to discover, which was we always got super excited about uh, traditional media opportunities. Like we went on TRL mm -hmm. on MTV, and man, you remember that preparing for oh, that? Oh yeah, that was we, crazy. Like, we we hired new servers in different cities to host the videos. It's like wow, MTV's Total Request Live. This is basically their new show live. It's going to be enormous. This is our audience. This is demographic. Back, 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 all that other stuff. It's like the peak of TRL. I mean, yeah. it's like when we're early on for us. Like 2005 or 2006 and for us. And it didn't... Didn't, uh... didn't... I mean, you wouldn't even think we had been on, the, on a show that day. Nothing. But... It was, it was maybe a 1% traffic increase. Maybe? Yeah. Yeah. And that was like... Because people don't... Aren't going to go... Like, I'm watching something on TV to go to the internet to do it. You know what I mean? But... We put out a video uh, for immersion with the car in it. We got linked on a car blog. What's the car blog? Jalopnik. Jalopnik. Yeah. Enormous. That's, I mean, that's it was, in the Gawker family. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was like, and so those blogs are the, like getting on a blog or something like that is is way bigger, way bigger than yeah, like getting you, a newspaper it's, it's, article. Yeah, it's easier to click through. You know, you're in the ecosystem. You're on your computer. Click, click, click. Like you just, it's your natural browsing progression. It's not like. I'm going to put the remote down. I'm going to get my computer. If you're in, the, if you're in the Gawker, if you pop up on Laughing Squid or Boing Boing or, 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 or somehow make... Or Deadspin. Like or something, Reddit. Something that's outside Reddit. of your normal audience, really. Yeah. You know? Like we got on Deadspin for an uh, EA Sports thing we did. And that was, huge, the, that, yeah. that was huge traffic for that. Yeah. Yeah. But we, you tend to get excited about like uh, Sports Illustrated doing an interview with you or the Wall Street Journal or TRL but those aren't necessarily that doesn't seem to matter that much anymore no not really yeah. different audiences different type of a different uh, a different form of engagement and it's just yeah it's, it's a different just, story yeah, yeah yeah people on the internet you just you're constantly just tripping over stuff you just constantly have to trip over and then hope that if you're making something that people fall down that hole and yeah. then mm -hmm. you know have to share it with everyone uh, well this was our hour this oh. was really fun. Man, I can't believe hey. it's over. Not only not only was this fun, but I feel like every time I'm in Texas, I want to come do a podcast with you guys. We like, learned would, something too. I would love to have <laughs> you guys just sort of be like recurring. I'll just come hang out because I feel like I feel like we could just riff on dumb show ideas Let's, for an hour. Absolutely, absolutely. And we didn't even get back to the one thing that I really my favorite thing we talked about last time. Come? Well, no, which was why did I say unfamiliar come? It, it was, was like you know you've hit your low in life when you're covered in unfamiliar come. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, you hit bottom. Right. Now right. I want to know how we got to that. How did we get there? 
Uh, no, my favorite thing we talked about last time was the Australian girl, which I'm a little upset that we brought her up this time because I, I always had this kind of vision in the back of my head that she told all of her friends that I was on this. They talked to me God. nonstop during this podcast, God. and then that podcast never came out. <laughs> yeah. and her friends are like, she's crazy. <laughs> This is just she always does this. She was she was really drunk. Oh, remember when you were gonna be on SNL? <laughs> yeah. No, but I really ran into that person. <laughs> you see, that happened to me where I had uh, I was on a soap opera for a little while and I had like a little part or whatever and I ran into an ex girlfriend and I knew my thing was gonna air like the next day. I'm like, oh yeah, blah blah blah, and they cut my part. Oh, <laughs> and they cut my part. Now just I'm like just, she did. Just she like cut, she did. She just, cut you out. Now I'm just like an asshole. You were on the <laughs> cutting room floor story. of our relationship too, oh, Joe. God, it was awful. <laughs> That's such a bummer too, because you always want to, you know, to an ex, you want to appear like, <laughs> like you've done things something are great. With your yeah. life. I'm that- not saying that not being with you anymore has <laughs> elevated my status in life, but there is an interesting data point that would suggest a correlation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And just here science. it is. And now. I'm just an asshole who made up a story about being on a soap opera. <laughs> what soap opera? Passions. It was a long time ago. That really was a long time ago. Yeah. It was the soap opera with a witch. With a witch? A, <laughs> yeah. It's a had a lot, of, a lot of stuff going on there. A lot of active... But dialogue. I was upset that we didn't get to talk about Australia's fascination with red party cups, which I guess oh, we'll have to get right. to next time. Next oh, time. that's right. She didn't understand... Why everyone had the red solo cups. Yeah, I heard she was from Australia, and I said, Chris, I want to test something on you here. I said, there's this weird thing, and she's going to verify it because she'll freak out when she hears it. I go, Australians are fascinated by the fact that they think Americans all drink out of red cups. And she goes, what's with the red? She freaked out as soon as she heard <laughs> she it. She flipped out. She may have been a little drunk. <laughs> so you could tour Australia with just that material. Did you know in Australia they have bars where they have red cups? That's like their thing. And like that's the whole gimmick for the bar is just red like cups. in America. You is go, that an America this bar? Is like, this is like subversive marketing drink for like the red cup company. It's yeah. just like genius. Solo cups is just, yeah. yes. They're that's just where, like they, their that's lips where they drink all their fosters. No, they don't. <laughs> we you made that up. America, we made that up. That'd be awesome if you went to that bar and you had to drink Foster's because that's what <laughs> everyone thinks Australians You kind of be really irritated as a culture when another country is like, this is what these guys do. And you're like, that's not at all. You went to other countries and they're like, you know, they just pick some random thing that, that and they say everyone does that. They you make know? you eat it when you show up. They yeah, make it for you. Yeah. <laughs> B- uh, bison melts. Everyone in <laughs> America has them. <laughs> no, we don't. Some people eat bison, but it's not, I mean, it's not a thing. You're from America. Didn't you cross the Great Plains? Did you? <laughs> That's where you would have your bison melts. <laughs> oh, those bison melters just always shoving bison melts into their maws. I kind of want one now. All right, we'll, we'll go get bison melts. I'm sure there's a fucking bison melt food truck in Austin. Let's do it. I'm sure there is. Yeah, there's sure a trailer there with bison melts <laughs> in it. It's going to be awesome. Uh, I fucking went to the Gordo's Donut trailer got, yesterday. Oh, did got, you? Got, it's a treat. Oh. They, they have like... Uh, for, for donut those, club sandwiches. For those Weird who don't know, half. they take like a, a, a sugary donut and they slice it in half and then put a piece of fried freaking chicken in the middle of it. They'll the do mo- that. The, mo- the mother clucker. Yeah, it's a mother clucker. We had, our, ours had like basically um, cooked bananas and on a donut and there was some other shit and I think some maple syrup, but three bites and we cut it in half and just gave it to some other people. We're like, we can't finish this. <laughs> and those yeah. people are dead f- now. Yeah, they're, they're not alive <laughs> that anymore. Was the first time in my life I saw a piece of food and just got angry yeah. about it. It's, I was like, this shit. You, 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 you all, it's blasphemy. It's, you all are, it's it, delicious. Uh, it's so, it's, it's so it, good, but you also look at their offerings, like the stuff and the, all the things they pile, like, and then caramel with chocolate and then sprinkle. And then you honestly, you just look at the trailer and you go, Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. How fucking dare you combine these things? And they go, you're going to eat it anyway. And you do. And it's fucking delicious. Uh, 
But thank you so much for coming on, you guys. Rooster Teeth, uh, every any any iteration of Rooster Teeth YouTube website, Rooster Teeth podcast. Um, Daft Punk impersonators. Daft Punk, Daft, Daft Punk, the series coming soon near you. Coming soon to a theater, uh, a theater. Uh, okay, good laptops like a portable theater. If you want to, you know, it's coming to a portable theater near you like a laptop. Uh, thanks for being here, you guys. All right, in, in your own you. studio. Yeah. Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Chris. It's quite a setup here. What a familiar facility you have. Enjoy your burrito. Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. For more than two centuries, the White House has been the stage for some of the most dramatic scenes in American history. Inspired by the hit podcast American History Tellers, Wondery and William Morrow present the new book, The Hidden History of the White House. Each chapter will bring you inside the fierce power struggles, the world-altering decisions, and shocking scandals that have shaped our nation. You'll be there when the very foundations of the White House are laid in 1792, and you'll watch as the British burn it down in 1814. Then you'll hear the intimate conversations between FDR and Winston Churchill as they make plans to defeat Nazi forces in 1941. And you'll be in the Situation Room when President Barack Obama approves the raid to bring down the most infamous terrorist in American history. Pre-order The Hidden History of the White House now in hardcover or digital editions wherever you get your books.